2: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Michigan, your national champs with their 34-13 victory over Washington. You heard it here on ESPN Radio. You saw it on ESPN Television. We are on Sportsman Life presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM 80, ESPN app, and ESPN. You, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. 17-10, Michigan was up at the half. They were up 17-3 prior to that. Two big runs. Donovan Edwards had three carries, 93 yards, two touchdowns in the first half of this game. <laughs> An amazing yards per carry action. Average there in the second half, it starts with Michael Penix Jr. throwing an interception right off the bat. But this game got closer in a one-score game late, and a big pass that could gone for thirty-plus yards obviously uh, gets called back for a holding call. Michigan ends up winning it late. Penix throws another interception. CC from an X's and O's perspective, why did Michigan win this game?
1: Because they ran the ball on Washington like they dominated the line of scrimmage I mean they had 175 yards rushing in the first quarter mm. like you knew what time it was when Michigan came out there they were going to punch those guys in the mouth and Washington didn't have an answer for it whether it was stacking the box or or or, or coming out in different defensive formations it didn't matter Michigan had an answer for them and so Washington didn't have a counter to what Michigan was doing on the ground game with Don Edwards and Blake Corm. And so I think that's where the game was won and lost. It was at the line of scrimmage. And I get that coming into this matchup, that Jim Harbaugh was talking about how they have to be able to match up with the skill position players. But to me, it was about the big boys up front, both sides of the ball, dominating the Washington Huskies.
4: Yeah, and we expected Michael Penick Jr. in that explosive Washington offense to – be what they've been all season, but that Michigan defense, they just flustered him all night long. Mm -hmm. We did not see that deep ball. We didn't really see any sort of passing attack from Washington, or at least not to the likes of which we're used to. Michael Penix Jr., just 27 of 51 pass attempts, 53% for 255 yards and a touchdown. They figured out the game plan on how to beat him, and they executed
3: and they were hurt, to be fair. I yes. mean, Penny Jr. was hurt. Dylan Johnson, the running back, was hurt. Yeah. And Michigan wore them down. I mean, Michigan's big, physical. They don't look like the other national champions we've seen out of the SEC, right? They play kind of more of that, what I will describe as old-school, NFC East-style football, beat-you-up-style football, instead of a West Coast offense, throw the ball around. And J.J. McCarthy was fine. He was, he was good. I think the best play he made was a third-down run late in the game. But Michigan did what they had to do all season long. They won without Harbaugh. They won with Harbaugh. They won over Ohio State, their biggest rival. Still can't believe that people think Ohio State Michigan is bigger than a national championship, which still boggles my mind. They beat Alabama. Alabama coming off of a win against Georgia with all of the momentum with Saban and Jalen Milroe, And then last night dominated early, dominated late. The middle of the game was kind of eh, a little bit boring at times. Um, but they did everything they had to do this year.
1: Well, just to go back to last night's game, though, for a second, I, I don't understand why Kalen DeBoer, when he's down 10 after Michigan kicks a field goal on their opening second-half possession, why he decides that he's going to kick a field goal on fourth and four rather than go for it deep in his own territory, like, like deep in Michigan territory. Like, to me, that was an opportunity – to try to close the gap on Michigan, especially with the success that Michigan had on offense running the football. Mm -hmm. You didn't have that many more possessions left, dog. Like, at that point, it's like, all right, you know what? Maybe we need to go for it. Like, you went for it on fourth and three at your own goal line. You ended up getting rewarded with a touchdown to McMillan. I didn't understand in that situation why he didn't go for it on that fourth and four. To me, that's what decided the game. Now, on the play before that— the pressure from Michigan stopped Washington from being able to hit a big play to Devin Colt when he's running right down the middle of the field. Nobody even close to him, but because Michigan had a free runner at the quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. didn't have time to deliver the football. He had to check it down to Westover. He gets stopped short four yards from the line to gain. So I, I... I could see in this situation that the pressure from Michigan is what kept Michael Penix Jr. and that offense off balance, and that's why we didn't see any explosives in the passing game. Only one play over 20 yards for Washington Mm. last night. Every single game they've played up until last night, they've had at least three plays of 20 yards or more. Michigan starved them from the big play, and they put pressure on the quarterback. That is a formula for success for any defense, but especially a defense as talented as Michigan's.
3: All year long, we were talking about the Michigan off-the-field stuff, right? Now they've won a championship. Is that title tainted? Harbaugh addressed some of those things last night.
1: It couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go, uh, to win every game. The off, off the field issues, we're innocent, and and we stood we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent, and I just like to point that out. And these guys these guys are innocent,
0: yeah. Overcome that, it wasn't that hard because we we knew we were innocent.
3: I mean, he's not wrong. The players are probably innocent.
4: Wait, but it, he he stood strong and tall. Didn't you accept? The punishment?
3: (laughs) For something else. Yeah, but... That was for the... Initially, that was for the recruiting. The other one, he just had to do it to get out of the way there. but 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 he didn't
4: fight it. He accepted it.
3: Yeah, innocent amongst, like, rules that you think are wrong. Right? I think, like he probably thinks advanced scouting is wrong that like there would be a rule against it which by the way I personally agree with him there should be allowed to be advanced scouting but I don't even know where he's going with this innocence nobody
1: asked the question though that's a, small, small, he small, was small, was small ready small. to pop off. nobody asked the question like he's in, he's at the, he's at the podium and he's talking about the game and he's proclaiming their innocence before anybody even asked the question dog just enjoy the moment Everybody knows that you're the best team in college football, and you proved it over the last month and a half of what you did. Tainted or not? Well, no, it's not tainted, man. Listen, they led at halftime of every game. They're the first national champ to do that since 2001 Miami. Wow. That team was good. Uh, that good. team was pretty good. Pretty good. And I'm pretty sure they bought players before NIL. Pretty sure. You know, pretty sure. I'm just saying. and I know a few guys that played there took a pay cut when they got to the NFL. Um, <laughs> they, had, they trailed. Think about this, Ev. They trailed. For a grand total of forty-one minutes this season.
4: The whole season. The whole season. That's disgusting. They
1: trail they trail for a grand total of forty-one minutes the entire season. That's crazy. Which is the second least in the playoff era since Alabama in 2020. That's how good they were. Whether you think they stole signs and they did something that was against the rules or not, this team has been so dominant in how they've gone about their business. Ain't that much cheating in the world, dog they just better than everybody else.
3: You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Do you think this title was tainted or have an asterisk on it at some point? I I would say absolutely not, but I do think we're going to look back at this the same way we look back at the USC titles with Reggie Bush and company. The NCAA is going to want to get involved in this post Michigan winning a championship you think so yes and I think that we're not gonna know I think I, we're don't gonna, know I don't know I don't know about this one I, I think they will here he we won't start- care we won't care. Just like we, does anyone not look at Reggie Bush as the Heisman winner? No. Does anyone not look at that USC team? Can we team get
1: as Reggie title? Bush's Heisman back? By yeah. Way. Can, let, can, we, can we get him his Heisman back let, now? Let's start now the petition. Okay. Can we get? Can we get him his Heisman? back? Let's start the petition right? now. I'll <laughs> sign it <him> right now. <laughs> Give
4: him as Heisman back. But I don't. I don't <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> know if the NCAA is going to mess with this one, Evan, because he already served the punishment for the crime, and then they, they played through it and won after it.
3: He didn't though. He served the self imposed for the recruiting. The Big Ten the Big is. Big Ten part. He didn't do the
1: NCAA part. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, the Big Ten did punish him. Oh, the, the I agree. The NCAA That's what I'm is saying. well within their rights to say, hey, we're going to give you time served with the suspension, the punishment that the Big Ten did because we can't prove that you knowingly had any involvement
3: with Carnage We're talking times. about the NCAA guys. Yeah. You think they're going to be reasonable in anything they do here? Before, Fair point. B- <laughs> before we get to the calls, quickly, though, on this. Can you explain – can anyone try to explain why we've had so many lopsided national championship games by score? This was not a lopsided game until the end. Beginning and end, it was. By score, why we've had so many lopsided games in the national championship during the playoff era. There have been 10 national championship games in the playoff era. Margin of victory is 20.1 in the championship. And if you take out last year's destruction by Georgia of TCU, it's still 15.8. The average margin of victory is two score. Why? I have no idea. I don't understand it. Do we think it could get better in a in a more of an expanded playoff?
1: I do because you now you got more teams that are going to be involved, so you have a better chance of being able to whittle it down to the best teams, right? I, I have a hard time believing that it was going to be as one sided if Georgia played Michigan last night, but Georgia didn't have like a that chance. Been the but Georgia part. didn't have a chance to play it, but because you have a finite number of spots, because it's only four spots instead of twelve then all of a sudden the criteria gets a lot more stringent when it comes to the teams that are ultimately going to qualify. Like, there was no question in my mind that Georgia was one of the best, if not the best team in college football. Yes. But because they ran up against a coach in Nick Saban, who's the greatest of all time, and an Alabama team that has that pedigree, on a day where they had their worst game, they ended up not getting a chance to compete for the national title. But again, I don't think the game would have been as one-sided if it was Georgia, instead of playing Washington.
4: Yeah, man, I I can't It's a hypothetical
1: we'll never be able to prove, though.
4: Yeah, for sure. But when's the last time that you can remember a national championship game being really close?
3: Okay, glad you asked. The last time we had a close championship game was a 26-23 game. Let me see here. I think it was an Alabama game, but it was like literally six or seven years ago. Okay. Um, So we're not talking about a close game, right?
4: It's not the the Texas-USC Rose Bowl game. No, no,
3: no. But that was was after... um, you know that was excuse me that was before the playoffs. Sure, right? sure. I'm so just we're saying about, we're
4: not talking about like a battle like that.
3: No, we're talking about a 26-23 game. I just got to figure out which one it was because I didn't write that part of it down. So that's on me. But we it was let's see one two three four five six seven years ago was the last time we had a close by, by you know one score national championship. Auburn game.
1: Florida State was close, wasn't it?
3: That was uh... when was that? That was way longer than that. That was not in wasn't that before the playoff? Or am I wrong on that?
1: That was in the playoff. I thought it was in the play. I thought that was the But we have not the, seen the James the, the Winst- of, I thought that was the James Winston one.
3: The margin of victory we've had over the last 7 years, 21, 21, 58, <laughs> 15, 28, 17, 28. I and mean, that's that's not great in terms of the National Championship. Uh Brett in Michigan listening on Sirius XM channel 80. What's up Brett? Hey guys, uh good morning. Morning. Can I just say that I am on cloud 9 right now with being a Michigan fan, but you know what I'm kind of sick of? I'm kind of sick of the Michigan State and Ohio State banter about how Michigan's championship is and an asterisk. It's kind of it's kind of annoying, honestly. Because I mean, you look at the great season that JJ had. You look at the great season Blake Corum had. Donovan Edwards finally popped off last night. I'm just saying that I'm kind of sick of the hate by MSU and OSU fans. Yeah, I mean, what? Thanks for the call. What are they supposed? to They're not hating today. I mean how could a, how could a Michigan state or Ohio state fan hate today?
4: Oh, well, of course they're going to hate. Evan. they're going to say that this is tainted. They're going to say you had to cheat to win. Oh, there's definitely an avenue for hate today. I
3: mean, maybe wait a day. 2623 was the 1718 game. <coughs> excuse me, between Alabama and Georgia. There you go. So that was But if you look at the last ones or the ones after that just quickly. So we have Clemson over Alabama 44-16. Mm-hmm. Clemson over um Excuse me, LSU over Clemson, 42-25. Okay. Alabama over Ohio State, 52-24. Georgia over Alabama, 33-18. And then last year, Georgia TCU, 65-7. So, you know, you, you do have an answer. Because you said, I'm, I'm not sure. But you are sure, because you're right. By just having the two team, the four-team playoff in the two games, you're not, like, dwindling it down enough yeah. where some of the teams that are kind of, like, you're, I ha- we hate to say it, but Washington wouldn't have been there. Washington would have been beaten because Alabama Michigan's a one score game whether it's Alabama or Georgia they probably would have upset Washington in that scenario that i bet you next year the national championship will be a one score game but let's game. be
1: honest how many teams are out there that could match the physicality of Michigan mm-hmm. i can only think two. of i can only think of one or two and that yeah. would be Alabama which is what we saw in the semifinal in Georgia right that's it but if i said to you right now they still like if you had a 12 team playoff there's no guarantee that those teams would ever meet
2: yeah
3: but if I said to you right now, if you had to predict blindly next year's margin of victory in the national championship game, first year of a 12-team playoff, is it a one score or a two score? Probably a one score. I would. That's where I would go to. Yeah, based on everything that you just said. But this
1: is just the argument to make sure that we do have the expanded playoffs because we do have those one-sided outcomes in the big game. But
3: that argument is never brought up, and now it, it should be right. Yeah. It should be because you want more competitive finals than we had last night. But was last night Michigan's last game with Jim Harbaugh as their head coach? We will find out coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio.
2: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
1: I think the game that they won puts Harbaugh closer to leaving Michigan. I believe that the NFL will help dictate or determine
5: whether or not he goes. He did what he set out to do. I think he'll feel like he can walk away and say, I did the job
3: I came here to do. One and done for Michigan and Harbaugh? Spelled W-O-N, maybe, possibly. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe? No. It, it is on Sportsman Life here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, and Loan Michelle Smolman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. The phone lines are open for you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You look at Michigan's title with the asterisk or tainted based on all of the drama and the accusations around the advanced scouting, Spygate-type situation. The three of us say, no, they earned it last night. Like, no reason to put an asterisk on this. Now... Yeah. The question becomes, did we see Jim Harbaugh coach his last game, at least during this run, for Michigan? He was asked about his future last night game after the win against Washington. You just mentioned all those accomplishments and the big person's table. Would you want to add winning a Super Bowl to that?
1: I just want to enjoy this. I
0: just want to enjoy this. And I hope you give me that, you know. Can a guy have that? Does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, what's the future? You know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future.
3: He hopes have a future. I'm going to guess he has a future. I think uh, and it's a rich future. I Very
1: rich future. About 15 Very to 20 rich million a year. Whether he stays or goes, he's going to be a well-paid coach. Point blank period. I can't shocked. get past that image of him and John hugging on the sideline in last yeah. night's game and just thinking to myself, one brother is on top of the NFL world, John with the Baltimore Ravens, another brother is on top of the college football world with yep. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they could just—they could just—they could just keep this thing pushing in perpetuity.
4: And let me tell you something. His dad's right. Who's got it better than them? Nobody. Nobody. Seriously. They
1: all got championships as coaches. Absolutely. That is awesome. He's gone. <laughs> Stop. He's gone.
4: I think he's gone too. I,
1: I got, guys. I just don't see it. I, I, I respectfully, I don't see it. And you know, when I say respectfully, you know how I feel about that. Like yeah. it's just like this is strong. I'm adamant about him staying. I think. All of the posturing toward the NFL, the interviews that he's done in the last several years, hiring Don Yee as his agent, it's only to leverage the NFL opportunities for a bigger payday at Michigan. I can't get out of my mind how things went down at the end of his tenure in San Francisco as their head coach. When the 49ers parted company with Jim Harbaugh, he had lost the power struggle between him and Trey Balkey, And ultimately, ownership decided that they were going to go with the general manager over the head coach. Even though Harbs took him to three straight conference championship games. It just didn't make any sense why he would be on the wrong side of that type of power dynamic. But when you think about what he's got set up at Michigan... There is no one at the school more powerful than him. Not the athletic director, Ward Manuel, not the school president. I mean, hell, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, don't have as much juice as Harbaugh does, especially after he's won a natty. Why would you ever leave? You are the football czar. If you go to an NFL team, you are going to be at the behest of a general manager and or an owner. And when you think about some of these vacancies, when you think about ownership that's in place, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to you having autonomy in order to do your job at the highest level. Think about David Tepper with the Carolina Panthers or think about the Chargers with the Spanos family or Mark Davis with the Raiders. Can you say that those owners allow football people to take care of football business? No, no. Now, are there some other vacancies? Chicago Bears, the Washington Commanders, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they're out there. But if you're Jim Harbaugh with the prestige, with the clout that you now have and winning a national title at Michigan, I don't know that you would want to give that up, especially knowing that the money could potentially be close because now Michigan can justify making you the highest paid coach in college football.
4: Power is important, and he certainly has it in spades at Michigan. But you know what else is really important? Legacy. And this is one of the most ultra competitive people out there. And he has delivered on his promise to his alma mater to bring them back to national relevancy and win a championship. He did all that. His legacy is cemented at Michigan. He's a legend forever. And earlier, we played a clip from Jim Harbaugh talking about him liking, wanting to win a Super Bowl, and they referenced the big boy table, the adult table at his house. We talked about his brother winning a Super Bowl, his dad winning a national championship. How about he becoming the guy in the family, him becoming the person in the family that can do both of those things? This is somebody who had tremendous success at the NFL level. I just think about his competitive nature, and now that he has satisfied his promise to Michigan, wanting another crack at the NFL, knowing that he can get a team to the Super Bowl, and wanting to get the job done.
1: I guess I just don't understand what he has to prove in the NFL like he's already taken a team to the oh, Super Bowl. Doesn't what does he have to like prove in college though? No, I mean, but that's my point though. There's nothing like, to prove anywhere anymore. Well, well, that's but I guess that's my point. So why why is there this impetus, the situation why is there worse, why now? is there the impetus to leave?
4: But it's to prove it to himself to get it done because he was very close in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, there's still
3: one more win to be had in the NFL. Yes. There's one win that he has not had in the NFL where he now has that in college. And I would just argue simply, the reason he's going to go to the NFL is not only because everybody wants him but because his situation is only going to get worse in college. There's going to be some sort of violations, probation stuff that is going to be thrown out there. Their roster is going to get worse because most of these guys now that are starters are heading but to the But you can't the use NFL. the
1: roster part of it because we have NIL and transfer portal. And who has more money than Michigan? Nobody. Well, Nobody. I think so the situation
3: look. is going to get much worse. I just do. I think the situation is going to get worse at Michigan, and I don't think there's ever going to be a time to go into the NFL where he is a hotter candidate than he is right now. He tried to go the last two years, Vikings and Broncos reportedly, and neither team was willing to hire him. I mean, think about it. Kevin O'Connell's done a very good job for the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell, Over Jim Harbaugh. Think about that for a second. Okay, Broncos.
1: Did they they really, or did they not want to pay Jim Harbaugh what Jim Harbaugh wanted?
3: Well, but now teams will pay him. Whether it's the Chargers, who I know notoriously don't pay, I think they will in this case. We know Carolina will. We'll see. And Washington will.
1: I just saw the list of candidates that the the Chargers want to interview. I was underwhelmed to say the list. I, I hope Steve Wilkes gets another crack at being a head coach in the National Football League. As a sidebar, he was one of the names, but... I I was underwhelmed. I, like the Chargers are going to have to show me they're willing to pay a coach $20 million a year cuz I don't see it happening.
3: Yeah, I, I just this, don't see it. This is where you go to that backup funds that that the Cayman Islands account to go and get obviously Jim Harbaugh in there. I, I would be stunned if he came back to Michigan.
4: You said you'd put a, what $145 in, yeah, 145
3: take jar? Right, right in that Yeah, team right 145 next year. I'll put $145 in that
1: jar if he comes back
3: to
4: Michigan this year. You put your money where your mouth is.
1: Yeah, then yeah. then all of a back sudden we, we can go to real dinner. We can go to a sit-down dinner. Oh, I kind uh, of we hope get that stays for, uh, now. We, get that we, no problem. we can go to quality Italian. You said chicken parm? Get the parm? chicken parm at quality um, Italian? Outstanding.
4: I'd rather get chicken parm than be right. Right, so exactly. we go.
3: Says. Pretty sure all you are going to get chicken parm no matter what at this point. Let's be honest. Uh, coming up, we will get your phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. Is Harbaugh back or not back at Michigan? Plus, Canty will give us his top five in the power rankings heading into the playoffs in the NFL. We're on Sportsman like presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio.
2: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Now that the dust is settled on week 18, it's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings.
3: All right, CC, five through one, playoff power rankings. Heading into the postseason this weekend.
1: Ah, yes, we got that good NFL music. There it is. Oh, so good. We got the playoff edition. Power rank oh, is popping right. off. You know what? I think it's time for me to break out the Super Bowl ring, too, <gasps> because that's what everybody's starting to play for. So I think I'm going to commit at this moment to wearing the Super Bowl ring at least one day a week we during have during the playoffs. I got one, too.
4: Now, is it going to have be a
1: Super Bowl ring? A replica Pat's one? No, you have to actually play in the games to earn this one. Yeah, yeah. but
4: like as
0: a show, we
3: have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I, no, I don't want I don't want that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, what we're all together as a unit. We're a Super
3: Bowl champion. We are a, right. su- a Super Bowl a winning team. Show. If CeCe beat any other team but the team I'd root for, I would take that and take credit for it. But because he beat the Pats... Okay, all of us put Evan yes, or Super Bowl Yes, I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> take it. I'll take
4: it. No doubt. Do I we have six. one designated day for the ring, or is it going to be rotating? Every we week? could, you know, what we
1: could do it for Football Fridays because we're starting to run out of Football Fridays for the season. Okay. So maybe it's a Football Friday thing I where I break out that. the ring. Where love do you keep it? Idea. Do you have it in a safe or something? I keep it in my sock drawer. <laughs> for real? No. Wait, what? Okay, I mean it comes in a nice case. It's got like a glass case, and then it's got a blue Tiffany's box. So I keep the case in the, in the Tiffany's box, and then I got the ring inside the case.
4: I totally thought it was going to be in a safe. Does, save it, does
1: under it feel lock and heavy key. on your
3: finger? Huh? Is it comfortable to wear, or does it feel really heavy? I'll on let the you finger? try it on on Friday. I will not do that.
1: Why not? Because of who you beat. Well, you assisted in it, so you have a, you had a role in it. You had a part in sitting, it. I was you sitting with Connor Stallions <laughs> during <laughs> that <laughs> game.
3: Connor Stallions and well, I, cle- I went that well, game together. Well, clearly
1: that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, Connor Stallions doesn't make that big of a difference. That means Michigan's title's not tainted. But anyway, let's get to the power rankings. Devante, let's, Jumate, do let's it. go. Let's do it. Number five. All right, it's the Cleveland Browns, and I knocked them down a peg. Not because they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 18; they didn't play all of their starters. I knocked them down a peg because they're a wild card team, and as we know, their path to the Super Bowl means they've got to be on the road and on the road this is a different defense than at home at home this defense gives up 14 points a game on the road the defense gives up 30 points a game so we'll see what ends up happening now they do have the benefit of drawing a rookie quarterback his first foray into the playoffs so we'll see how that goes but the cleveland browns with joe flacco are a sneaky dangerous team to watch as we move through the playoffs next
2: Number four.
1: The Buffalo Bills, God knows how they ended up with the number two seed in the AFC, (laughs) but it actually happened. They won in week 18. It wasn't the winning end game or the elimination game that we thought it could be, but the division was up for grabs, and they showed up big despite a couple of, Turnovers, actually three turnovers by Josh Allen, it didn't seem to matter. That's a depleted Miami Dolphins defense, and the Bills' offense took full advantage. Listen, a lot of credit to this team. At Week 12, they were 6-6, and they were able to storm back and win five straight games to win the division. There's something to be said for the sports character in that locker room. So the Buffalo Bills, a good football team. If Josh Allen can dial it up, they become a championship caliber football team. But that remains to be seen because even though the team and the defense is playing better, I'm still not sold on Josh Allen, the quarterback. Next. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys, three consecutive seasons of 12 wins. And none of that matters because we judge them based on what they do in the playoffs. Now I will give them credit this season ended a lot better than last season did. They were on the road in the Commanders in both outings, and they dominated the Washington Commanders. Commanders came out feisty. It was Ron Rivera's last hurrah, and they treated it as such. It felt like their Super Bowl with some of the plays that Eric Bieniemy was calling, but the Dallas Cowboys settled into that game, and then you saw them put their foot on the gas. The Dallas Cowboys kicked the crap out of tomato can teams, and the Washington Commanders are a tomato can team. But that's not who they're going to be playing in the playoffs. They're playing a really good Green Bay Packers team. And Jordan Love has been playing the best football in the second half of the season of any quarterback in the NFC. And he's got the gaudy numbers to back it up. 18 touchdowns to one interception since week 11 for Jordan Love. So that is the challenge for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see if Mike McCarthy is up for it. in a de facto reunion between him and his former team, the Green Bay Packers.
2: Next. Number two,
1: the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, for the majority of this season, it's looked like the most dominant team in football. They're clearly one of the more physical teams in all of football. And Christian McCaffrey should win Offensive Player of the Year. Hopefully, with a couple of weeks rest between not playing the starters in week 18 and not having to play in wildcard weekend, this team will be ready to go. I said it before. Earlier in the season, and I'll say it again, no team's championship prospects depends on health, more so than the San Francisco 49ers. If you were to tell me that Trent Williams and Kyle and George Kittle, and Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, and Brock Purdy, and Christian McCaffrey, and Nicky Bosa, and Fred Warner are all going to be healthy, I will tell you that the San Francisco 49ers will be playing in the Super Bowl. Now, I know that you can't guarantee health, but if all of those guys are healthy, I don't see anybody in the NFC beating them. Next.
2: Number one.
1: The Baltimore Ravens. Why? Harbaugh. Oh. (laughs) Well, that and Lamar Jackson, who's going to be the MVP, and the fact that we saw Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens go on the road against the best team in the NFC on Christmas Day and beat the brakes off them. It wasn't even a close game. That's how dominant – that team is, and that's how good Lamar Jackson is. Credit with Todd Munkin with the job that he's done, but also credit to Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Two years ago, he was the defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines, but I'm just saying, the job that he's been able to do in terms of being able to make this defense multiple and bring pressure from different areas of the field and then having Roquan Smith being in the middle of that, I think that's what makes this team a true title contender. They've always had a dynamic threat on offense, but now they have a dynamic defense to match, and that's why this is a scary outfit. This is the best team that Lamar Jackson has been on. This is the best receiving Corey's he's had. This is the best defense he's had, and so I'm curious to see how he performs in the playoffs. Last time they had the number one seed, it didn't go so well. They were one and done. They lost in the divisional round to the Tennessee Titans. I don't think it's going to end up that way this go-round. That is the list. Ravens sitting at the top of the wild card power rankings. Then we got the San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, Buffalo Bills, and Cleveland Browns. Smalls, you are my accountability partner. Any omissions, any objections?
4: I do have one question. What's up? The Kansas City Chiefs not on the list. The three seed Not on the list locked up their division yet again, the road to the Super Bowl and the AFC does have to go through Kansas city. We know how they are at home in the playoffs. Yes, this is a different version of them, but it's still Pat Mahomes and Andy Reed at home in the playoffs.
1: Pat Mahomes can't throw it in, catch it.
4: He cannot. You're right.
1: They led the league in drops. I just, I, I, they can figure it out. They, they, they can, I, if the receivers can catch the ball, if you told me they could catch the ball, then I would pencil them into the conference championship game. I wow. just don't know that they will. I just don't know what they will.
4: Yeah. I, I, You know how I feel about them. I'm just posing the question.
1: You're just posing the question. It's not a conviction, though.
4: No, I don't think that they're going to – if they made it to the conference championship game, what would you, would you say, $145? If the Kansas City Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, I'll put well, – What's Travis Kelsey's number? 87? I'll put 87 bucks in the jar if they make it to the
3: Why'd Super Bowl. Why'd you go Bowl? so much less than I went? you got to come up with a number well,
1: higher. Well, it was significant, though. Travis yeah. Kelsey, right. the, most, I was pop- say the most popular player on the Kansas City Chiefs. 15 Imagine, feels by too the way. low, yeah. right?
4: Patrick Mahomes' number feels too low yeah. compared to your 145. So I'll put 87 bucks in the jar if they make it to the Super Bowl. They're we, not going.
3: We could have the same family win a national championship and a Super Bowl in the same year. Yeah. Like it's not a, ju- a leap to think that the Ravens win it all, and obviously, is that is that?
1: A, is, I mean, are they almost fa- a favorite? Are they favored to win it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's right. crazy yeah. to think.
4: Seriously, their dad is not wrong. Who's got it better than them? If you're in the football world, nobody. Maybe,
1: maybe John was telling him on the sideline, "Hey, you dominate this college football thing, and let me stay with yeah. the pro football yeah. stuff. I don't, I don't stay need to, lane. I don't need to play you again Go in the, the Super the Bowl, NFC. dog. I don't need to play you again in <laughs> That's the Super right, Bowl. Right,
5: lane.
3: Matt in Atlantic City, watching on ESPN. what's up, uh, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan. Good morning, Cece. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, uh, I personally don't think the Michigan national championship was tainted. I think they went through a lot of adversity the whole season. Congrats
5: to Michigan. As far as Jim Harbaugh is concerned, uh, I, I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually stayed with Michigan. But the three teams in the NFL I like
3: are the Commanders, the Chargers, and the Patriots. If Bill Belichick does leave, those are my three teams. Now, how fitting would it be? In 2024, Jim Harbaugh wins the national title, and John Harbaugh wins the Super Bowl for the Ravens. That would be outstanding. Now, I know we're on a carousel of coaches here, and I'm going to go off track here. Wink Martindale resigns for the Giants as D.C. If the Raiders go off Antonio uh, Pierce, CeCe, do you like Antonio Pierce as the D.C. for the Giants? Thank
2: you guys very much.
1: Um... I don't know about that because the circumstances around them moving on from Wink are kind of weird. We heard about the beef between Brian Dayball and Wink all season long. The Giants wanted him back, but then the Giants and presumably Brian Dayball fire his top assistants being Drew Wilkins and Kevin Wilkins, Drew's brother. Like, those are Wink Martindale's guys. So you say you want the defensive coordinator back, but you get rid of his two top lieutenants, Mm. and that was the strength of the team this year? just didn't quite make any sense. So it's like... We will invite you to the party, but we cool if you don't show up. That's the vibe that I get around Brian Daybowl. So if you're Antonio Pierce and presumably a guy that would have options to be a defensive assistant coach or a coordinator elsewhere, why would you want to come into that type of situation with the Giants?
3: I don't think if you're Antonio Pierce, you should take an assistant job. If you don't get a head coaching job this cycle, whether it's the Raiders or college or somewhere else, because I think there's going to be another college cycle based on the NFL one, go back to TV for a year or two and become that pro- – like, don't even interview for assistant coaches. You don't have to. You're, you're, I don't want to say you're above that, but you've put yourself in a spot where you're an NFL head coach, and I would consider not taking an assistant coaching job. I'll tell you, the job that I'm interested in is who gets a Jacksonville defensive coordinator job, and is that potentially another coach in waiting? Because it's Doug Peterson mm-hmm. after next year on the hot seat. Is Wink Martindale somebody that could potentially do that? Because they fired Mike Caldwell, their defensive coordinator, and his entire staff yesterday. Yeah. something to keep an here's, eye on. Here's there.
1: another thing to keep an eye on. Antonio Beers for the Washington Commanders job. Right, you he, do pl- not- he, play- oh. he played for the Commanders, so I mean, that's, that's in- another job. Like, uh, le- like, like, let's let's see, because they seem like a program that's gonna be progressive. I mean, we- we'll see what ends up happening, but it's clear that AP is a leader of men, and he mm-hmm. stepped into a dysfunctional situation and stabilized it. He's gonna be asked to do the same thing pretty much anywhere he goes with these vacancies. Washington wouldn't be a bad spot for him, and would instantly be a fan favorite. Well, instantly, we're talking about all these openings. There
3: may not be one in New England. We will get to that coming up. But CC first, has this from Granger.
1: For the ones who get it done, like my guy AP in an interim coach role in Vegas, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike.
0: Bill Belichick's contract has been one of the NFL's most closely guarded secrets. He made it clear he's going to keep plowing ahead as Patriots coach until told otherwise.
1: What we learned is that he ain't retiring. Bill Belichick is going to coach in 2024.
0: Well, Bill
3: Belichick benefited from Michigan for a long period of time. With Tom Brady as his quarterback, Michigan benefits last night from Jim Harbaugh. National champions... For 2023-24, Harbaugh, Harbaugh could be joining Belichick maybe in the NFL, but where's everybody going? So the Bill Belichick conversation is very interesting. There seemingly has been a meeting. There's seemingly going to be more meetings, and it's not done yet or maybe at all. I have said all along as a Pats fan, I want him back. Do you guys remember months ago what I said? You may not, but I think you do. What I would do if I'm Belichick, my last-ditch effort to keep the job. Do you remember what I said? You
4: would try to bring – suggest a GM to bring in.
3: And I would bring the old guard back. Yes. Scott Pioli or John Robinson or Thomas Dimitrov, three former GMs. I said Josh McDaniels, bring him back, offensive coordinator. Well, Ben Volan of the Boston Globe has reported that uh, there's conversations about that. exactly what I had suggested that New England does with Bill Belichick. That does not mean that he's going to be back as head coach. Diana Rossini of The Athletic has reported around, there's some mystery maybe, I don't know if that's the right
1: word, with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Yeah, here's the tweet. The coaching staff and players in Tennessee haven't been given an update about the status of head coach Mike Vrabel. I was told they're all waiting to hear.
3: I will interpret that as, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike Vrabel's walking into Tennessee management and saying, I have done a heck of a job here. Here's what I'd like to happen moving forward. And if you don't want this to happen moving forward, then let's talk about an exit strategy together.
1: Yeah, and there has been rumors around Rand Carthon, the general manager, Mike Vrabel, not seeing eye to eye for whatever that's worth.
3: So am I to sit here and interpret it this way, that maybe, just maybe, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, is willing to do something that you weren't sure, CC that he was willing to do, and hear Belichick out as to what the plan is versus thank you for everything, let's talk about how we're going to move on. It's give me the plan, let me take it all in. And part of him is thinking, well, if not him, then who am I getting to coach the team? Mike Vrabel is the single greatest candidate you could can have for that job. Sure. But if I can't get Mike Vrabel, am I sure that person X, whomever that may be, is actually better than Belichick with this plan? Is there now a changing of the guard where maybe we think he's coming back?
4: So there's no. not a changing of the guard.
3: Well, not <laughs> a change. but I'm saying the, the belief has been all along that he's out. No. You still think he's
1: out? No, I still think he's out. I think this is more about trying to explore the possibility of getting Mike Vrabel. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they put Raves in the Patriots Hall of Fame yes. this year? Didn't that happen?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> and it was a very spirited yeah, celebration. And, and, and <laughs>
1: if I'm not mistaken, Raves used the term we he
4: were did referring use the to term the Patriots we. organization? Yes, yes, yes.
1: So, I mean, I, I think that that would be somebody that Robert Kraft would be comfortable with, the familiarity with the organization. A, a, not a Bill Belichick disciple, but Bill Belichick, a Jace because he played for Bill. This is a guy that's proven that he's a good NFL head coach, came up the hard way as a defensive coordinator with the Texans, and then he did a great job with the Tennessee Titans, despite having, you know, average to above-average quarterback play. So it just seems like that would be uh, an obvious fit when you start talking about the coaches that are, you know, you know, younger in the National Football League, you would think that he would be at the top of the list. Like it'd be him and Sean McVay in terms of coaches that are held in the highest regard. So I I just think it makes sense to transition to somebody that's younger, transition to somebody that's proven that they can get the job done, because this is a multi-year rebuild in Foxborough. This is not a one-year proposition. And knowing that this franchise is in position to take a quarterback – I just don't understand why we would give Bill Belichick one more year to see if he can get things turned around because you could end up in a scenario that we say all of these teams should guard against, which is drafting a quarterback with a head coach on a hot seat. It just doesn't make sense to put another young quarterback through what you've already put in Jones through or what some of the other struggling young quarterbacks have been through, which is a head coach that gets – fired in his rookie year and he's got to learn a completely new system and adapting to a completely different culture. So I just, it feels like for a lot of reasons that the Patriots should move on from Bill Belichick and explore a different option. I
3: I just, I'm telling you, my belief is there's more of a chance today than there was yesterday.
4: And why is that?
3: Well, I think his expression of how badly he wants to keep the job I think maybe whatever hurdles could be taking place in relative to getting Vrabel, and I think his level of maybe, possibly, humbleness for him in walking into that office saying, who do you want, let's have the discussion, and bringing the old band back together. And, and it's also the versus. Versus what else? What are you doing here? right? I mean, the Josh McDaniels piece I think is big, because Josh McDaniels nationally is looked at as a failed head coach, as he should be. Right? And offensive
4: coordinator elsewhere.
3: One year in. in, in but he s- wasn't great. Right. But, but he was been really bad, Evan. Unbelievable as an offensive coordinator in New England.
4: With Tom Brady.
3: He was great with Mac Jones for a year. For a year. Yeah. I think that Robert Kraft is probably looking at it and saying, if my candidates are all Belichick guys anyway, why don't I just have Belichick? Okay, but. We haven't heard a non Belichick candidate for this job. Not one person that has been tied to New England that has no ties to Belichick. Vrabel didn't coach for him, but Vrabel played for him. Right? Mayo, Flores. Who else? Is there yeah, anybody else? But
4: if, if you're looking at this scenario and you're saying it's either Bill Belichick or return the page to somebody else, why would you then want to go back in history and try and reboot the same band that you had before? I know that you're saying some of the candidates that we're hearing are belichick adjacent. They're tied to him in some way. They have mm-hmm. that DNA, that Patriots DNA, right? I get that. But I just think if you're Robert Kraft and you really do want to move on to another regime— If you're at the precipice of that, why would you take 10 steps backwards and say, who's available? Let's try to reassemble the crew. Let's put out the siren song and get everybody back together. CeCe's right. You're ready to draft a new quarterback. You're ready to start a brand new era of New England Patriots football. If you're going to do that, you should make sure that you want to have that head coach in place for at least three years. Give this quarterback the chance to succeed. And it just feels like you've come to this place with Bill Belichick where it's so murky. And if they don't have success next, if you bring him back and you don't have success next season, all of these comments, all this commentary around him, it's only going to get louder. And you're going to be forced to do this again next year. Why would you want to put yourself in that position?
3: Time for a crazy theory brought to you by my brain. How about this? Can I throw this out there? Hmm. Is there any chance what's happening right now is the most ridiculous, absurd three-way coaching trade? Vrabel gets traded to the Patriots. Belichick gets traded to Team X. Team X is trading something to the Titans. No. Just saying, because Vrabel can't get somewhere without being traded. Belichick, unless the Crafts let him out of the contract, which you've suggested they probably will if that happens, can't get somewhere without being traded. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a crazy, let's work out a three-way coaching trade right now?
1: <laughs> I've, I've said crazier things. We must things. be getting close to the NBA I trade. I this feels like
4: yeah, an yeah, NBA yeah, trade. You want to do Marcus
1: Smart grizzly trade. I'm in. No, I'm being
3: serious. Because we've all said that the best possible, if Belichick's not going to be there, who's the best possible replacement?
1: Rabel, but that doesn't mean he's the only replacement. And here's the thing. You keep going back to, well, if it's not Belichick, then who are you going to get that's better? And I guess my whole point is before Belichick was a great head coach, he was a guy that somebody took a risk on and he was essentially a failed head coach with Cleveland. So, I mean, I just, that's the thing. You don't know until you give somebody an opportunity with stable ownership to see what they can grow into. You have to develop head coaches just like you develop quarterbacks. So, I mean, I, I think that there is the potential to move on. It can be the right decision, even if the answer of who you're transitioning to isn't clear and obvious to everybody else.
3: When is the day for you guys, quickly here, that if it's past a certain date and he's still the head coach of the Patriots, is your mind going to change?
1: Like, if we get into next if week... It, yeah, if we get past... I'm going to say this. If we get past Friday and he's still the head coach... Then you're assuming things Then are I'm different. assuming that he's going to stay. Smalls? Yeah, because
4: you're going to see other teams start to make moves and you don't want to be sitting back on your heels that they're going to
1: interview or they want to interview
4: other teams are going to be proactive so you don't want to be stuck in a position where you don't have the best pick of the crop of candidates out there
2: three days away we're on sportsman